The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. This week's shout-out has been preempted for presidential debate number 184 in a series of 145. But had it aired, it would have gone out to Don Adelstad, Stephen Bauer, Kent Daw Doring Heineson, Fabian Cunet, and David Marble. Sadly, they will never know that this one goes out to them. The Major Spoilers podcast covers news, reviews, and of course, spoilers, and goes into details about the topics discussed. So if you haven't read, listened, or watched the items we talk about, you might want to come back later. I'm Matthew. I'm Zach. I'm Rodrigo. And I'm Steven, and you're listening to the Major Spoilers podcast, the podcast for pop culture and comic fans. Thank you for calling Major Spoilers. For Steven, press 1. For Rodrigo, a pre-tail dose. For Matthew, press XXXXL. For Zach, there is no extension. He's an intern with a learner's permit. For Scroll Brian, stay on the line and he will find you. To discuss Rassel, please hold. Your call is very important to us. However, not as important as whatever the hell we're doing right now. You have pressed 7 for the Major Spoilers podcast. Please stand by as we are on the air. Welcome to issue 455 of the Major Spoilers Podcast. Thank you for downloading and listening once again this time. Because we can't say this week because we've got so many podcasts coming out this week. A lot of podcasts. We got podcasts. We got podcasts all over the place. Podcasts for our podcasts. Later in the episode, we will be taking a look at Jeff Smith's wrestle. But until then, let's get to some news. My name is Chloe. The Arrow scores big for the CW Black Bat. Returns at Dynamite Entertainment. Iron Man and Hulk Heroes United trailer arrives. Jim Lee and Scott Snyder team for a new Superman ongoing series. And Marvel announces the superior Spider-Man. Spin that wheel of destiny. See where we land. <coughs> Lands right there ah, on Jim Lee and Scott Snyder. Team for a new Superman ongoing series. Now, uh... New series is going to kick off in 2013. I, I don't think it's a big surprise. I mean, Jim Lee is one of the uh, uh, co-publishers of, of DC, so he can do whatever basically he wants. He's been keeping to a fairly regular schedule with uh, Justice League before he decided to bail on that, and now maybe we know why. Uh, Scott Snyder has been uh, burning it up with uh, Batman, and everybody's loving his work, so he right now pretty much has carte blanche to do whatever he wants. Mm-hmm. And they say, hey, let's do a Superman book. We've already got Superman and Supergirl and Superboy in action comics. What DC Comics needs is one more comic. About Superman. About Superman. Yes. According to Scott Snyder, I've been developing... Yes. I've been developing this story. It's epic in scale, and it's uh, and I'll be setting Superman through challenges that will shake him to the core. Jim Lee is great at capturing those absolute moments of character, and I couldn't be more thrilled to be working on this. Hmm. Sounds, Reactions? Sounds very exciting for you all. <laughs> You're not going to read it? <laughs> oh, no, probably what? Come on. This is like Superman. Yeah, no, it is Superman. It's um, Scott Snyder. He's I, so awesome. That's that's true. All of those things are likely <laughs> true. Um, and I believe you, 
because I don't I don't think I've read any Superman since we did um uh what was that called All Star Superman. Superman yeah All Star oh. Superman like that that is literally <laughs> the last Superman book I read which came out in, in like 2002. 2005. Yeah. <laughs> so so yes uh you guys tell me how that goes I probably won't be listening uh Zach what about you do you got a thought or an idea um. Oh, uh, no. I don't know if I'll read it. How come? I, I don't know. I'll probably pick it up. It seems don't like... do you love Superman? No, I don't read a single Superman book. What? I, I mean, there's I a brand... I think there's Superman in it. I don't read anything. There yeah. is a brand new Superman movie coming out called Man of Steel, and DC has it's not true. announced the title of this series yet, I don't know. which makes me wonder if it's going to be called Man of Steel. It's probably... that's, that's a one-to-one bet right there. Can I, can I just, like, take a, a huge tangent here for a second? Sure. <laughs> Does anybody know... The origin of Man of Tomorrow. Why is Superman called the Man of Tomorrow? Matthew? Because he's the man from the future? Uh, like, that's that's one that I'm like, you know, when they're like, Superman, the Man of Steel, okay. Superman in action comics, okay, I get where that comes from. No, totally cool, right? Superman, right. last son of Krypton, of course. Makes perfect sense. Mm-hmm. Um, Superman, the Man of Tomorrow is like, because... how is that... Like unless the, the, if if we're talking about human evolution and he is a Superman, right. the Uberman, mm-hmm. he is the man of what we will be in the future, the man of tomorrow. Which would make which would yeah, make, the man of tomorrow makes no less sense than the Dark Knight or yeah, you know, I, the Emerald Gladiator. I suppose. I, I guess, but but it but one of them is dark and the other one is green. Um, the man of tomorrow. He is a man. If you are, he's looking... a man. That's half of his name. <laughs> no, you yeah, no, you're right. You're right. Tomorrow. That's that. I guess that's true. <laughs> the superintendent of tomorrow. Um, exactly. If uh... hey, miserable. And I think I, I think your pipes. I think that is it. That that they're like, hey, you know, it's like he's the Superman. Like he's the Superman. Yeah, he's so he's the man. He's he's the, he's the one war. that we will become eventually. Right. But within the context of the story, that's not true. He's a space alien. Well, but not. I mean. Until he comes out and says it, people don't know that he's a space alien. Right. Oh, so so the title Superman yeah, Man yeah. of Tomorrow you know, is from is a point of view book from the people of Metropolis. I guess you could kind of look at it that way. I mean, I don't know when he came out and said, "Hey people, I'm from Krypton." Mm-hmm. But, you know, even uh in the um well, I guess in the animated series he came out eventually, yeah. but it was like years after he had been moonlighting as as the Superman after Lois gave him the name. And then he had the one-on-one interview with him, and he's like, look, I'm really an alien. And then that caused Lex Luthor to get all up in arms. I see. But I could see the uh, first time which that you're seeing. Which continuity are we talking the about? The animated series. Oh, okay. I've, I've never watched the animated series. What? Oh, yeah. I mean, in Man, the, you in are the, missing out. In the movie, this happens, oh, in, yeah. in the Christopher Reeve movie, this happens within like 10 seconds, like yeah. within the first 10 minutes of the movie. Yeah, in the comic Well, books, yeah, we as the audience know that, but the people of... Of Metropolis. Of DC Universe uh-huh. don't know until he comes out and says, yes, I am a... I see. I'm an alien. During his, from a during his first interview <laughs> so it's, with Lois. It's, yeah. it's kind of like saying, up. it's kind of like saying, it's like, well, what is he called the spectacular Spider-Man? I mean, that's an opinion, you guys. Well, so, yeah. Right. <laughs> Same way with Amazing Spider-Man. Yep. Just Spider-Man. He's not a Spider-Man. It's like, uh, yeah. you know, I can, I can totally place those X-Men. They're not that uncanny. Yeah, see? Yeah. <laughs> you got to be careful, too, because, you know... Uncanny, if you if you misinterpret it, could mean anything. Mm-hmm. I'm sure they have plenty of cans. Matthew, do you have any thoughts on the uh, Jim Lee Scott Snyder ongoing series, potentially called Man of Tomorrow or Man of Steel? <laughs> Should be interesting. 
Um, I mean, Jim Lee is not an artist that I love or hate. He's one of those guys who I'm like, well, he's not bad. He's a little too flashy for my taste, but I can deal mm. with it. And Scott Snyder has made all the the Batman nerds tell me that he's the greatest thing in the world, which doesn't I don't think he's the greatest thing in the world. Me. I think he's done a great job in telling some of the best Batman stories in recent years. Mm-hmm. You've never it's been, oh, okay. Yeah, I'll buy that. In recent years, I'll buy that because, yeah. you know. There, there was Marshall Rogers. Because nothing Steve beats Engel. Rainbow Batman. Well, nothing beats Frank Miller Batman. <laughs> you damn right. <laughs> Rainbow Batman. Batman by Bill Finger. Why are you wearing a pink cowl today? Because I die at midnight. Because, Robin, I have a terrible secret. Listen, old chum. You know why? <laughs> yes. You know why he was wearing a pink cowl? Because Robin is an idiot. That is canonical. Was that, was that the crux of the story? I don't. Rem- I don't actually no. remember how That's that all shut down. The crux of the story. The crux of the story. Robin is an idiot. Did he wash it with like the wrong colors? If you go to majorspoilers.com and click on retro reviews, Detective Comics number I think two sixty four is a retro review that we did in two thousand eleven, and I think I actually say in the in the retro review, Robin is an idiot, <laughs> and I say that because it's true. It's on the internet. It must be true. Uh, because Matthew said it obviously right. must be true. That's yeah, not the reason why he's wearing multicolored Batman outfits. Uh, it makes it true. Anyway, back on topic, please. You know yeah. what? If you I'm had really, said that, I'm really, I tried to you, you'd be like, oh, I have control of the microphone. I'm really and I'll sorry do about initiating the uh, the tangents. Yeah, the, oh, yeah, the, you, had a good, you had a good question about why is he called Man of Yeah, and you, you, make a val- you make um, a valid point. So, so nobody's going to nobody's going to read this? I'll pick up the first issue i'm really not i'm not sure i'm gonna <laughs> read it i mean I, I maybe i will just digitally download the first issue yeah. but if it doesn't you know grab me well then this here, can just snyder's been writing these huge like 12 issues like the first court of owls arc was like 12 issues right. essentially 12 arc right. 12 issues the next this death of the family isn't going to be another probably 10, another 12, 12 issues, issues. Yeah. so if it's another 12 issues and then lee is sketchy on turning in his art on time and getting hit in all of his deadlines that could throw off snyder's well, I mean, Flow. I don't think that Lee. I don't think that Lee is the problem that he used to be, or that people presume him to be in terms of getting things drawn. I think what it comes down to is giving him sufficient lead time to get it all drawn. I mean, there haven't been any delays on Justice League, have there? No, and, there. Well, were. I guess there was a fill-in issue there. Yeah, but a fill-in so, issue. Number eight was a fill-in. Even so. Yeah, I mean, but, I don't think Lee is the reason why any books in recent memory have been late. If we go back to that all-star book that tanked, it's because the artist, or not the yeah. artist, the writer, was kind of going, I'm crazy! No, he had his scripts done. It was it was Jim Lee came out and said he, that's the reason why that book got canceled, oh, well, was because go. he was late on all the art. I apologize. I am entirely wrong. But here's the thing. None of us are big Superman fanatics. We are not the people for whom this book is aimed. And if Stephen goes to read it because of, you know, Scott Snyder and I go to read it because of Jim Lee, I don't necessarily know that that's going to be, you know, even if we don't read it, I don't necessarily think that that's going to be well, the be and end all of it. I think that it's going to be a huge success because they're taking a big name and a new big name and they're putting them together and everybody's going to be telling me how it's the greatest Superman if, story. If ever. it is called Man of Steel, it is. Put in, it's going to be put in place to directly capture the people's attention who want to go see the Man mm-hmm. of Steel movie. Mm-hmm. Um, sure. My concern is, and here's the, here's my here's my concern with this. 
not saying Scott Snyder is a, is a bad writer or can't do great things, but with Batman in the new 52, he got to build that up from issue one, essentially, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, the start of this new world. And I get to do whatever I want with Batman. Right. Problem with Superman is we've got action comics and we've got Superman, two very different four, books. Four monthly Batman books. Right. I don't think that Scott Snyder could do whatever he wanted with Batman. Is it been established this is in like, is it like Earth Two or Earth Seven? No, this is going to be whatever. Or is it going to be? This is going to be main DCU. What is it? Main DCU or whatever that is. Yeah, main DCU. I think that the problem is going to be that he's got. Why would they set it in Maine? That's such a boring place. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just kidding. That's where the the first. uh, That's where Metropolis is. Maine's really hopping. Yeah, yeah. Metropolis used to be in New Jersey. But I don't think that I think that going back, I don't think that Scott Snyder had as much freedom as you're describing, because the same thing that we're attributing to Superman that we have to fit in with everyone else. There are four monthly bat titles. There are four monthly super titles. You know, I think that whatever's going on in the DCU that's going to be overarching, you have to be here. You have to hit this marker. We have to at least reference the fact that he has this robot armor that's now made of nanobots. I don't think that those are going to be the kind of things that can by themselves completely undermine a story. I may be wrong. I have been before. Again, not the biggest Superman fan in the world. I prefer to call him Tom Welling. So, Well, it seems from yeah. when uh, Snyder and Liefeld had their big fallout over the whatever crap on Twitter, he said that Snyder was the head Batman writer, and people said that he got a say in what books were coming out and what people had to do in their books, for, yeah, especially but, at least I for the mean, big crossovers that they had to do for their series. So I mean, that's he had, he had, he had no, no, no. That's that was Snyder saying he had he was the head Batman writer, and some other people popped in. It's like yeah, he was influential, and we had to put books into his the Court of Owls, and they had to do Death of the Family crap. So I mean, he he had some he had some pretty big room to do Batman. Okay. There you go. There you go. All right, listeners, head over to MajorSpoilers.com. Share your thoughts on on this. You're going to read it. You're not going to read it. You're looking forward to it. You're not looking forward to it. And most importantly, why? Because I just hate it when people are like, no, or this is going to suck. And then they just don't, they don't justify yeah. why. Also, as, as, as someone who visits the website on a daily basis, any and all remarks that are just the word meh will in fact be deleted. I apologize for the inconvenience. But when you say meh, you are saying you can safely ignore me. <laughs> Matthews. I'm in a rage tonight. I'm gonna, it's going to be a fun show. All right, everybody. Let's take a Batman quick break. Batman has no filter. Uh, Matthew needs to get some more food into his system so he can calm down. All those carbs <laughs> will calm him mm. down. We're going to take a break, and when we come back, we will get to some reviews. How to get a major spoiler shout-out. If you want to get a personalized shout-out at the top of the show, all you have to do is the following steps. Number one. Visit Majorspoilers.com. Two, click on the Make a Donation button. Three, donate $10 or more to the cause. Four, sit back and relax and hear Matthew butcher your name and say something cute about you. Major Spoilers, bringing the good stuff since 20-06. Thanks so much to everyone who's contributed to the cause. It does help us out, puts a little money in Rodrigo's pocket and Zach's pocket and Matthew's pocket and all of our writers' pockets. 
so that they can continue to. I need to get pants with pockets. <laughs> <laughs> so that they can you go buy pants. pants with pockets. <laughs> yes, I should probably put pants on before the, we record the this. The whole Lance Armstrong tights thing that you've been rocking all summer is not going to fly, mister. Well, I figure if it'll transition really nicely into the coming months. I'll just keep wearing it underneath all my other clothes. Mm-hmm. I don't really like the cold, so and I like to be aerodynamic as possible. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get to some reviews. So many jokes. <laughs> <laughs> <Review>. <laughs> Scary stuff, blah. So you know there's this book, um, or I'm sorry, this movie coming out. I apparently it's a Guillermo oh, del Toro and uh, the Smiths mm. called After Earth. Mm. Are you guys familiar with this? Have you heard about this? I don't know too much I about, it. Think about it. I haven't heard too much about it, but it sounds kind of. No idea. I'd heard I had heard some buzzing, but I haven't seen any like production stills or anything. Yeah, I haven't seen any trailer. I haven't seen anything about right. it. But apparently, there is a prequel comic book. Oh, oh, called Yay. After Earth Innocence comes out this week from Dynamite Entertainment. And in this book, and I don't know if this is supposed to be Smith and his son or what, what the deal is going on, but uh, essentially this book tells the history of Earth Nova or whatever it's called, Nova Prime. Yeah, Nova Prime. A thousand <laughs> years ago, maybe like right around now, uh-huh. we had polluted our planet so badly that it could no longer sustain life. Wait, is this Wally? No, this is not uh, Wally. This is, is after Is this Earth. Serenity? This is not Serenity. Is this that Lost in Space? <laughs> no, this remake? is not Terra Nova. Oh no, this is not that Lost in Space remake. Although I think it, this week it was the actual launch date of Jupiter Two. Oh, nice. Sometime oh, this week, depending on when you're listening. Is this Wally? No. Hey, what the crap? How's my joke? Oh, I I'm sorry, I don't listen to you. <laughs> <laughs> I turn off your channel. <laughs> So a thousand years ago, I we had to leave Earth and noises. seek out. <laughs> and I give it a one-star review. Thank you. Rodrigo, yeah, what have you got this week? That bad, huh? No, it, it wasn't that bad. I mean, it's there's no context for what's going on. There is no... Um, Just like a travel There's log. no drama. It's basically like, hey, we came to this planet, and then these aliens attacked, and we called them the Skell, and... Then some things happened, and we weren't really ready to do much, but that's why we're here. Start moving. It doesn't, it doesn't make me want to go and see this movie anymore, uh-huh. a movie that I don't know anything about. But, uh, yeah, the art isn't really super great. Um, it's kind of muddy. The story is okay, but it feels a lot like Independence Day mm-hmm. on another planet, but really shortened and condensed into about two days as opposed to... Four days of right. is it, Independence Day. Did you say it was just a one shot or is it? It's a one shot. Yeah. Oh. Yep. One Why, that's shot. weird they would put out a one shot for a prequel of a movie so far in advance. Yeah, so far in Seems advance, really. really. <laughs> yeah, unless they've got some other stuff coming up, but uh, you know, it kind of sets up the world so that if you do go to this movie, presumably, you'll kind of know who the characters are and kind of know what the politics are of this planet right. and why they have to be on the lookout for aliens. Mm. It's called after Earth, and they measure things in AE as opposed to oh. BC and AD. So the year is 966 AE after we left Earth. Mm. It's not that great. You could probably pass on it. One star. Rodrigo, what do you okay. got for us this week? Uh, let's see. What do I got? I read a uh, book 
by uh, a guy who used to do newspaper strips, but is now not doing that anymore. <laughs> Why not? This is a hack? Yeah, no. Nobody loves him? Cause I think it's because he died. Oh. Mm. Well, that's a good reason to stop doing comic strips yeah, I mean, if get you're into gonna, comic if books. You're, if you're gonna, yes. <laughs> it's, it was, a, it was a, a fine time for a career change. Yes. No, uh, I read Peanuts Volume 2, Number 3. Um, uh, of course, the beloved uh, Charles Schultz. Is it Schultz or Schultz? I don't know. Either Schultz. way. Uh, Sparky. Just call him Sparky. The, the the beloved uh property of course Charlie Brown Snoopy Lucy Linus um little Lulu <laughs> no that's somebody else Ma- Mafalda Richie Rich, Richie Rich Spider Man Rex Morgan and uh, Apartment Three G <laughs> they're all <laughs> they're all there um no uh so this book I ha- com- has two things it has Original Schultz stuff, and it has new strips or new comics, I guess, um, as well. And you can tell, you can tell which ones were drawn by, and and they're signed. So all the all the Schultz ones say Schultz, and all the ones right. that aren't don't. Right. Um, and um, you know, it's it's really difficult to gauge a property like Peanuts. Because it's got such a history. It's been a part of American culture forever. So it's very difficult to look at it outside of the context of Peanuts. So are these mm-hmm. stories stories that you would see in Peanuts? Yes. Are they cute? Yes. Are they funny? Meh. I've never found Peanuts to be particularly funny. I've never found funny. them funny either. Um, I think way, way back in the day... Uh, Schultz really pioneered the idea of that kid who can't get anything right. Right. Um, but since then, Charlie Brown's um, life, or cra- really crappy life, became so popular that people have basically been writing Charlie Brown into other things since then. Movies, there's all, greeting movies, cards. Yes, there's, there's all these slackery types and all these can't catch a break types that we've seen over and over again so to us coming from this direction uh from the future uh, yeah. uh you know charlie brown seems it, it seems completely bland not, right. it's not even it's not even done it's not even like oh this is so boring it's just like this is flat it's like there should be something else happening here but no it's like that is the punchline whereas nowadays you can't even have that as a punchline right 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 so that's kind of what this book is like i mean the, the there's a the the big thing about this one is there's an election um and wait 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 careful just by mentioning the word election we're going to get right. feedback saying right. how dare you lambast yes the this and the this fine party. the fine institution of the uh, peanuts, the peanuts party. Um, <laughs> yes. Oh, yes, I'll stand. Yes, I'll, I'll stand for our national anthem <laughs> and liberty. Um. Anyway. So. Uh, that's one to save freaking queen. Let me tell you. Anyway, the... She's got a brick in her handbag. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
So, yeah, there's there's not a lot going on here. Like I said, there's an election, and the big punchline of this spoiler alert is that neither of the two candidates that we see running actually win. There's a third candidate that ends up winning. and Snoopy! The big joke... No, Snoopy's part of Charlie Brown's campaign. It's Charlie Brown Schroeder. versus this girl. Nope. Is it Charlotte Brown? No. I don't think she exists is, anymore. Is I believe I believe she was blanket? killed by a hatchet. Yes, she was. Yes, she was. What? Was it Patty? Nope. It it like was think it Violet? Think of the think of, of the classic Peanuts characters. Think of the least likely one to win an election. Lioness. And thus Pig by Pig. yes. And thus by extension becoming the most likely one to have won this election. Again, is you no know Linus. No, it was Pig Pigpen. Pigpen. I like Pigpen. Yeah, but charisma. you wouldn't. You wouldn't think that people would. Nah, 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 so he's like I'm the one who's gonna, like man and hand. I'm not going to vote for the dirty, smelly kid. Yeah, exactly. But they Nobody do because everybody smells. Everybody, everybody loves Pigpen. But yes, so the and then what? it's like the the thing just kind of ends, and then Snoopy kicks Pigpen in the butt. <laughs> right, that's the joke. That's, that is the punch. Technically, the punchline is Pigpen wins, and then it's like literally the characters are sitting there looking at each other because the skit's not over. And then Snoopy walks in and kicks him in the butt. And is this one written by? No, this is. I'm pretty is sure this else? one is not. Okay. So what they're saying is the solution is violence against the underclass. I, I beat up I, the poor kid. I think I think it's it's someone just it's somewhat justified in that uh, Snoopy was part of Charlie Brown's campaign, but we never hear Pigpen's issues, so we don't know that he wouldn't allow dogs on the playground, which is actually what the whole election becomes. Oh, really? Interesting. Allowing dogs on the playground. Um. So anyway, yes. There's also some stuff by Schultz and some classic stuff. Which is really nice, um, especially because I've always looked at the like really old, like the the original peanut stuff, and thought to myself, I can see how it's easier to draw in the new the newer style. But it's like the original peanuts were so cute, like oh, the, their the heads 50s, yeah. their heads were gigantic and they had like little tiny mm-hmm. beady eyes. They looked like I mean they were like they looked like Hello Kitty kind of. I mean it was that sort of yeah, aesthetic. Yeah. With just like a huge blank face and like really tiny features, except sometimes they have like really big mouths. And like when Charlie Brown was angry, it was so cute because he's mm-hmm. like this little giant baby child. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I guess that's part of getting older, though, is the yeah, character somewhat mature. Yeah. And I and I think that's what it is. And I think it's also like the the characters were kind of streamlined. Like mm-hmm. he he just found a way where he could reliably draw them over and over and over again and with, like, bazillions of, of strips, I think he had to, like, do that, yeah, basically, yeah. so that he could keep doing it. Yeah. So, all around, um, this isn't all that entertaining, but if you love Peanuts, if you think to yourself, man, all these stacks of uh, collected Peanuts books that I have are not scratching my itch, then you should go out and get this. But for me, this is going to get two slices of meatloaf. Um, It's just... it's. You know, this humor has never really done it for me. And although it's cute to see these characters, it's not treading any new ground. So after Earth comes out this week, Peanuts comes out this week. Mm -hmm. Zach, uh, Chew29 comes out this week? Comes out this week. All right. Give us a breakdown. All right. So this is Chew number 29, part four in the current arc of that is titled Space Cakes. Now, if you've been reading Chew, uh, you know that Tony Chew 
the main character, has been kind of out of the series because he got the crap kicked out of him last uh, arc by some baseball fanatic guys, and he's been oh, in yeah, the yeah. hospital. And really, he wasn't in the last arc very much because he was being kidnapped. This arc, he's been in the hospital the entire time, so it's been more focused on uh, his sister and his his slew of other acquaintances he's made throughout the series. And it's been a really interesting arc, mainly because there hasn't been like a focused storyline like most of the arcs have had so far, but it's been like building on the characters and more specifically like this issue and you can feel it coming in the next issue, like really point it down to get on that number 30, which is their halfway mark Mm. to the series being over. Mm -hmm. So uh, there's more of that. This issue, we follow uh, Tony's sister, Tony and agent Colby and Cesar as they're at a stakeout and they're doing some cool like FBI, NASA, uh, FDA reconnaissance, crazy stuff. And so you see some recurring characters and some you get some new people with some other more weird, bizarre uh, food abilities. This person can combine food and make like facials and completely change identities. And so they're checking her out, make sure she doesn't do anything bad. Um, what since was it this summer? They had that Poyo one shot come out. Yeah, yeah. And since then, he's been like really big in the comics, and he's like. Oh, we have a problem. We'll just send him in and he's just going to rip everyone's face off, which has been fun. But after like two issues of him completely destroying everyone, it's gotten kind of old. And when I, re- when I reviewed 28, it was like one of my like only problems with the issue. And I figured they'd do more of the same, but they must have anticipated that because when they go into their big fight scene, they go, why don't we just send Poyo? And like, well, uh, we sent him to China to take on a threat there and they go to this really quick insert and it's a two page spread and it's possibly the greatest thing that might have happened in comics ever. And it is (laughs) (laughs) Poyo battling. Well, he has rockets coming out of his wings and he is fighting a Mecha Turducken. Wow. And they're just destroying the town. And it's the annihilation in Nightbar, the the obliteration in the Ordeon. Yes. Now I do want to read this book. <laughs> it is it was I I just couldn't believe what I was seeing when I read this and I laughed and I laughed and I laughed. And it that that two page spread like made this issue way better than it is. It's a it's a good issue besides that, but that was just like totally chew awesome, crazy stuff to happen. Um so you get to the ending and a lot of difference they do quick uh one two three four five six storylines and they're tying all these quick storylines into together and you can just you just know like this next 30 issue they've already released a cover and it's the uh vampire sebopath and he's holding on to i think tony's daughter i don't know i can't remember but it's gonna be epic and i'm looking forward to it uh the art is um solid it's solid from if you know chew art it's exactly the same it's awesome i love it it's the weird crazy crap of people eating each other and oh, just crazy the backgrounds in this is like the best thing ever because he hides so many jokes into the background that if you don't focus if you just look at the what you're supposed to be looking at and don't look at that then you'll miss yeah, yeah. like 35 percent of all the jokes in the book cool 
but I love it. This is a fantastic issue. If you love Chew, you're probably going to pick this up anyways. And if you don't love Chew, you should pick it up and look at that sweet two-page spread of a killer rooster fighting a turducken. Mecha turducken. Mecha turducken. <laughs> it's amazing. How many slices of meatloaf uh, are you giving this one, Zach? I'm giving this five, five yummy slices, slices of meatloaf. meatloaf. He loves this it was, that much. This was a really good... Like, this arc hadn't been the greatest. It had been good in its own way, but it hadn't been very, uh, like, chew style. But this issue is all up in the chew business, and it's amazing. Excellent. <laughs> Shut up, Matthew. Can you talk more like that? Um, I'll try. Speaking of Matthew, last week, uh, Marvel Now My name's off. Matthew, and I say now! Red She-Hulk uh, is part of this. Red She-Hulk. Is this number 58? Is that part of the Marvel Now? Yes, it is. It was the book that launched in 2006, I believe, as Hulk, then became Red Hulk, now became Red She-Hulk. By the year 2022, it's actually going to be uh, Death Craze, Teenage Glow-in-the-Dark, Adolescent Radioactive Red She-Hulk Mutant Ninja. That's going to be hard to fit on the cover. Well, it's a big cover. Mm -hmm. This one, I bought it for one reason, and that reason's name is Jeff Parker. And so I thought, you know, the Red She-Hulk is a character who has a really, really long history in the Marvel Universe. She is Betty Ross, who first appeared in Hulk number one way back in 1965. And I've kind of always had this fascination with the fact that if you hang around the Marvel Universe long enough, you will get superpowers. It happened to Betty Ross. It happened to Flash Thompson. Any day now, J. Jonah Jameson is just going to go totally Galactus and eat the whole planet. You know it's going to happen. He kind of got spider powers in uh, Spider Island. That doesn't count. Everybody got spider powers in Spider Island. Proves your point. I have spider powers in Spider Island. No, it doesn't (laughs) prove my point. It completely undermines my point. No, you said everybody eventually gets powers in in uh, in the Marvel Universe. And they did. So Red She-Hulk number 58 (laughs) is technically Red She-Hulk number one. And it starts with a concept that I'm not thrilled with because I feel like we've seen it several hundred times before. It's a military base where the uh, United States Army Air Force. Do we have an Army Air Force? In any case, is testing their new superhumans. The Echelon, Echelon 1, Echelon 2, and Echelon 3. And they do this whole thing where they're like, ha-ha, we have powers. Look at us having powers. Yeah, ta-ta. And then all of a sudden, someone throws a tank at them. And it's actually a really dramatic moment because the tank comes flying out of nowhere, and then it's lifted up, and then you see Red She-Hulk yelling, you want to see what superhuman is? And chucks the tank at them. And then the fighty-fighty begins. Now, Jeff Parker first came to my attention uh, a while ago with Agents of Atlas, I believe it was, which is a fascinating series that you should read more of. Go read it now, see if they'll launch it again. This issue has a lot of the touches that I expect from him. The dialogue is phenomenal. Uh, There's a lot of the fighty-fighty. The fighty-fighty is clever. It's not just like, you know, big punch people in the face. There's a moment where the the, military superhumans get the drop on Red She-Hulk. And they have her down on the ground and bound in steel bars. And they're all like, ha-ha, we have done it. And she's like, no, I was just running my own demonstration. 
and easily breaks free and picks one of them up to hit the other ones with her. It's a fascinating bit of uh, stuff going on there. But what it comes down to is Red She-Hulk, who is the daughter of General uh, Ross, Thunderbolt Ross, has found out about this secret underground bunker, this secret plan, and she's going to tear it apart. Unfortunately, Captain America is not going to let that happen. And Captain America gets my immediate vote and gets a hold for this book for at least six months based on the one thing that he does in this issue. Captain America calls in his specialist on military-industrial complex attempts to create superhumans. And that man is Aaron Stack, codename X-51, the Machine Man. He does not say that his robot brain needs beer, sadly. But uh, Machine Man comes in trying to figure out where She-Hulk is, tracks her down, and at the end of this issue, She-Hulk has broken in and found that one of the test subjects who has just been given superpowers is, in fact, a prisoner who was going to be killed for horrible offenses but was given superhuman strength. And in the last panel, we get this terrible, terrible cliffhanger as he attacks her and he attacks her and she breaks his neck on panel. Cool. Whoa. Yeah. Marvel Now is going to be some interesting stuff, if this is any indicator. Because I went in with a grudging appreciation of Red She-Hulk from Defenders, and they hooked me. They hooked me hard. And the fact that they've redesigned Machine Man, that Captain America has meaningful conversations, that the story is cool, it makes sense from Betty's 50-year history, it makes sense and it ties into the Hulk, it ties into Thunderbolt Ross, and it basically accepts and admits that everybody in the Marvel Universe gets superpowers by pointing out that not only is Betty a Hulk, but the entire cast, supporting cast of Hulk number one that's still alive, has also been turned into a Hulk. Rick Jones and her father are also Hulks. Mm -hmm. And, of course, I think that one guy, what's his name, David Banner? Tapping into the forces that lay within us all. 4.5 slices of meatloaf for Red She-Hulk 58. A really, really surprising issue for me. A really good issue. And the things that keep it from being, you know, a perfect 10 or 5 or however you look at it are minor enough that it's only if you go into the issue and say, okay, well, I did have a question here. There was a little bit here. Very, very strong launch for this book. And I'm, I'm, like I say, I'm on board. I'm putting this on my hold list as soon as I get a hold of my boss. Cool. So this yep. is going to go into the, uh, what is it? The uh, Agents of Smash or whatever it's called. I don't know. With all the with all the hulks running around, I don't know. This the this is not Agents of Smash, and I'm not necessarily planning to read Agents of Smash. I don't know. What? All right, listeners, you can head over to Majorspoilers.com. You can check out more reviews from everybody, including Matthew. And while you're over there, because the holiday season is why, now upon why us, why you got to say it like that? Well, people you want to hear about and Matthew and Matthew. Uh, I didn't, uh, yes. So while you are over at uh, Majorspoilers.com, because the holiday season is here, uh, we want you to click on that Amazon link and get all of your Christmas shopping done early. Remember, the Mayan calendar runs out. It's the end of the world. Get your shopping done early. Right. right <laughs> and you no, want to do it by going sense. over to Majorspoilers.com, clicking on that Amazon link. Bye, bye, bye. Consume, consume, consume. And uh, we get a little bit of uh, credit for all of your purchases, and we thank you for that. 
lots of Marvel things going on in the news, which is uh, probably why we ended up hitting our major spoilers poll of the week this week. Tying all the way back to an it's event. Time. <laughs> Go ahead. I'm waiting for you no, to I'm finish. Done. All right. I'm done. So uh, all the way back in that movie, The Avengers, you may remember a guy by the name of Phil Coulson, uh-huh. everybody's favorite agent. Mm-hmm. Right. He got uh, stuck to oh, the back. No, I stabbed. Stabbed. Uh, I am stabbed. <laughs> Con- convince them. Uh, avenge me. Avenge me, Avengers. <laughs> we should call ourselves the Avengers to avenge Phil Coulson. Um, so we've got this uh, TV series coming out uh, called S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh-huh. And it is following the adventures of S.H.I.E.L.D. Now, my bet is it's not going to have Nick Fury in it. And my uh, bet no. is it's not going to have Colby Smulders in it. But it will have Phil Coulson in it. Whoa. So the big question is, how are they going to explain Phil Coulson's return? And that is where we get our major spoilers. It's time. Go ahead, finish up. We're waiting. There we go. So, how will Shield explain Coulson's return? I think this is. I think that the weirdest thing about this is that I don't know. I guess soap opera people are pretty used to this, right, Matthew? People who watch soap oh, yeah. operas are, are used to, mm-hmm. you know, uh, uh, what's his face returning from the dead time and time and time again until it's lost. Comic like comic book, but people. I'm saying, but comic books yeah. are the exact same yeah. way, right? So I, I don't know. I, I want to say are that in fact the same storytelling. But I'm saying that, that for mainstream audiences, this may be a shock to them to realize that death is not permanent in comics. Oh, I don't think that's the case Maybe at all. Not. I think mainstream audiences are used to it by now. Are they? Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. but the big question is, how are they going to explain? We saw you get stabbed through the back of the chest. Are they going to come out and say it was a life model decoy that got stabbed in the back? Beep boop. Are they going to say that Phil Coulson in the S.H.I.E.L.D. TV show is a life model decoy, uh-huh. which kind of leads into the rumors that we heard that he might be returning as the Vision in the next Avengers movie. Uh-huh. Um, Such Phil Coulson. Phil Coulson only appears in flashbacks. Uh-huh. Uh, S.H.I.E.L.D. takes place before the Avengers movie. Uh-huh. Uh, yes, he got stabbed, but crack team of doctors, he got better. Or something even better and more awesome than could ever be dreamed by a mere mortal, trust in Joss. How involved is the Whedon? He is like the executive producer yeah. of this, and he's guiding the series as well as uh, directing the the pilot episode. Mm-hmm. As well as literally lighting the room that it's being <laughs> with written his, in with his, his glowing with aura. His, glowing his aura. brother are writing the pilot yeah, yeah. as well, as I yeah. recall. So he's he's heavily involved. I see. So Matthew, what are your what are your what are your thinking here? I think you left out the uh, the actual answer, which is they're not. They're not going to explain it. Okay, <laughs> I don't think so. I really don't. Based on the answers given, though, I chose Shield takes place before the Avengers, which is probably the easiest way to do it. Mm-hmm. Because at the beginning of that Avengers movie, Shield is clearly an established right. Oh, even in the very first you know, Iron Man deal. movie. They had, they had established yeah. Shield in the very first Iron Man movie. Mm-hmm. The first yes. time he oh, appears, Shield was. I don't already remember there. anything from that except building with a box of scrap in a cave. <laughs> but uh, I chose before the Avengers because that's really the the easiest way to do it without tripping any plans for Avengers two. 
And I feel like my brain wants to say that this is going to be on the air before Avengers 2. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I think this comes out on the, is so. it this fall? Is when it this comes fall? out? Oh, I don't think uh, so. This fall. I mean, next, next, next fall. fall. Next fall. Yeah, I would probably, I don't, yeah, I don't think, I don't remember it, That's but I'm pretty sure it's well, probably it, close. It has been green lit, so it hasn't actually been scheduled. Yeah, yeah it'll be next fall. Um, I don't know about that. But yeah, that that's probably the plan to prepare it for next year. I mean, remember that Munsters remake isn't actually going to happen now either. They're just going to have the one shot pilot. So uh, I would say that past. Okay. Build R- it up, Rodrigo. What about you? I think that um, I guess what I would go with is he's only on the in the flashbacks because mm-hmm. then it's like yeah they can hype the fact that he's in there because right. everybody love him. Um, but also they don't have to have him and they don't have to pay him as much because, uh, now, you know, being the most, probably the character that people like the most from shield, right? um, uh, you know, you could potentially argue for Nick Fury, but there's no way that we're paying Samuel L. Jackson for a TV show. You know, I, he um, was he was uh, his contract was like for ten ten movies. Right. I don't know if they could rework that to include a TV series, but I'm uh, I seriously I'm sure doubt negotiated. But they don't. They they're not going to want a special to. guest, guest yeah. star. Yeah. For for the Christmas episode. Right. <laughs> um. So <laughs> my my guess stock footage and voiceovers. Yeah. My guess is he's going to be in the flashbacks, and I wouldn't be surprised if that doesn't mean that he's going to be in potentially half the episodes because depending on what storytelling right, technique right. you use there could be tons of flashbacks i mean we saw that if you got that far in lost where characters would die mm-hmm. in the show but then they would keep showing up on flashbacks which means the actor yeah. was still part of the show as new episodes came out you kept seeing that actor even though their character was dead in the yep. current timeline yep yep zach what about you well I don't really know real life body double is. Matthew? De- Matthew, Matthew, Matthew decoy? Life model, model decoy. Decoy. Right. A life model decoy is one of the most brilliant, obnoxious things ever created back in the day. I choose it's that basically one. basically a perfectly <laughs> humanoid <that>. robot. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, awesome. what? I choose that one. Uh, I did choose that one. And I started thinking about this more today. And I'm thinking, I, th- I think a version of of Coulson died and I don't think it's going to be a fly. I think it's going to be current shield after Avengers Coulson will be there mm-hmm. and the whole thing is was a setup from Fury because he's a total dickwad and everyone hates him great now we have to put an explicit tag on here right exactly yay um and it's just gonna fuel everyone's hate for Fury that it was already building up for in Avengers already in that or just combine hate of Fury mm-hmm. and take him over and throw him off the helicarrier because there's too many snakes. On the too, many snakes too many snakes on this helicarrier. Fury. Well, Iron Man like I, I, went all off on him during the movie, talking about how he's some yeah, super, Iron super Man, spy. Iron Man is a self-righteous jerk. But he, he, he planted the cards to make... The entire reason that they avenged him is because he bloodied Coulson's... Of, as a Captain America card and then lied to him. Well, that, I mean, that is definitely a thing, but I don't think that makes people hate him necessarily. Do they know that? Do, do, do we, are, are we, did. are we, are we talking, I'm sorry. Are we talking about audiences hating Nick Fury 
Or are we talking or about the people char- in universe I was about like hitting character like yeah. Iron Man? Hulk. Well, in in universe, I think he's hard to work with. I think yeah. Uh, I think that the the shadow cabinet that controls Shield gets about weekly complaints <laughs> from his underling saying, you know, right. he builds a very high pressure environment. <laughs> well, even um, the shadow cabinet doesn't this, care too much for him. No, they no. they really don't. Um, I have seen all sorts of interesting rumors uh-huh. uh, that do involve the life model decoy because of it was mentioned uh, in at the beginning of the Avengers movie. Mm-hmm. I think it was mentioned one other place in Iron Man 2. It was said they mentioned him. OK, so the, it's been mentioned twice now about a life model decoy. Uh-huh. And it's kind of like they're almost planting those seeds so that yeah. they can or, pull or, this later or. A life model decoy is a hilarious and idiotic thing. Right. And that's and what I always took as, as, as just joking around to it. Uh, but I've heard, I've, I saw this brilliant way. And this kind of fits because uh, Whedon, especially with Buffy, played with the robot thing multiple times, um, especially in the most recent run of uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Uh, season nine, I forget what, uh, what specific issues it were, what they were. But uh, in it, Buffy thinks she's pregnant and... She realizes that, oh, I'm just a robot, so there's no no way that I can be pregnant, right? Well, imagine if Coulson was, and this this is this uh, theory that I saw someone post, uh, if Coulson was a life model decoy and he didn't know it. Uh-huh. And every season, you could have him die in some horrible way and come back as oh another, God, as God, another life model decoy <laughs> that has total different mannerisms and totally different approaches to way he does it's, things it's like a, a re, it's like a reverse doctor who yeah, 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 it's yeah, the kinda. same actor yeah playing a different character yeah and i i was like oh that's really kind of cool because then it would allow the character to um or the actor to expand some of his talents and uh-huh. to express himself in a number of different ways depending on what that life model decoy was doing in that season <laughs> you know one season he could be in love and experience love and another mm. season he's trying to keep his emotions in check and another mm. season he just very stoic all the way through um, and I'm like, oh, that's pretty cool. Uh, but I'm, I don't know if audiences would believe that, um, it was a robot that got killed when Loki stabbed him in the back in the Avengers movie. Well, that would be kind of hard to swallow, but, yeah. but it goes along with what Zach said. Yeah. Um, for Coulson to return and be a life model decoy would make sense. Mm-hmm. Mm. But I think ultimately for me, I went with, um, it's merely a flesh wound. I got better because mm-hmm. they're on a helicarrier advanced technology, right? I'm sure they have advanced doctors that can do amazing things, including oh, yeah. replace yeah. a heart. I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure they have a... <laughs> they have a way to contain they, a they demigod have, in a cell. They have tanks uh, full of Shi'ar yeah. heal crystals. Exactly. I'm sorry, that's a different team. But, but I'm it's saying, pretty much the same yeah. thing. I, I'm just saying that he got better. That's the one that I went with. And there yeah. were some good comments. This, this, Get uh, him to the Bacta tank. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see... Uh, some people like the great Nate O says you never see his body after he gets stabbed and talks to Nick. There was no body. And that means that he is alive. Um, uh, somebody else says, Oh, the, the vision angle is good. A la RoboCop. Uh, unless you see an on panel corpse or any follow up whatsoever, I'm operating under the assumption that he's not fully dead. I'm not dead yet. <laughs> um, uh, another one that says it's merely a flesh wound. I've never been into anything Shield in the comics before, but this show sounds like it has potential. Maybe something similar to Powers. <laughs> Powers <laughs> potential. Oh, I, I guess I'm thinking of the uh, the family. What's the what was that ABC oh, no, no, show? No, not no ordinary family. Oh, no ordinary <laughs> family. Um, 
let's see, really hoping this like, is a life model decoy. That, that would be funny if somebody was like, oh, yeah, this show sounds like it has potential. Maybe something along the lines of the new adventures of old Christine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, he's in that. Yes, Matthew. I know. That was, that was, oh. Did you get oh, that joke? Yeah, I did. Oh, my God. <laughs> that, <laughs> joke? Not that show came out in, like, 2004. Good job. Rookie mistake. You hate to see that. <laughs> walk, get up off this chair. I, I actually to... made something, a joke within the Venn diagram of... Uh, of Zach's knowledge. Woo! Mm. So, Matthew, how did the rest of the major spoilers nation vote? 235 votes is what I'm looking at right now. A whopping 34% saying that S.H.I.E.L.D. takes place before the Avengers. Um, 21% saying that the Phil Coulson in S.H.I.E.L.D. is an LMD. 20% saying something blah, 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 trust in Joss, blah, blah, blah. And a few other little bits and pieces here and there. Only 4% saying that Coulson only appears in flashbacks. My problem with both of the things that you mentioned, Stephen, and this is not meant to be a shot at you, from the perspective of drama and an ongoing thing, those are both just awful, awful ideas. Which ones? The because life model decoys? The, uh, oh, no, those weren't my ideas. Those really are ones died that I... Or that he was killed as a robot? No, you gotta, you got to do something. You know, oh, you no. have to deal with that. You have to do the the improv yes and thing. Yes, he's dead, but, you know, I like the, the vision idea. I don't think it's actually the idea they're going to go with, especially since all of us are talking about it on the interwebs. Well, um, the actor that plays uh, Coulson has said he's not particularly keen on his character going in that direction either, so. Well, and actors do have lots and lots of input into what they do in the movie. Oh, wait, no, they don't. Well, you know, well, uh, it depends on the actor. Depends on he the probably he probably doesn't. No, with all the big names well, kicking around, maybe. he probably doesn't have as much. But you yeah, tell Smolder, yeah, has creative control. Yes, it's her. Totally. Uh, what's his name? Who played uh, Red Skull in Captain America? It's Hugo, basically, Weaving. Hugo, Weaving. Hugo Weaving has basically said, "Yeah, I signed a multi-picture deal, but I have really no interest in playing Red Skull yeah, ever yeah. again." Again, mm-hmm. so pretty much, you you're not going to see the Red Skull show up. Now they could oh, force him to obey that. They could, that contract. or they could stick that makeup on somebody else and have it work exactly as well as it did in that movie. Well, you're not going to see Hugo I mean, Weaving that, that, play that, the Red that Skull. That Red Skull character had nothing to do with Hugo Weaving, other than, oh my God, it's Hugo Weaving. Well, there was nothing about that performance <laughs> that could not be replicated by I don't know the kid from the Big Bang Theory, Sheldon. <laughs> Which one? Yeah, him, Marvin. <laughs> Wendy? Marvin. I don't watch Big Bang Theory. We're going to take a quick, quick break. And when we come back, we are going to get to Rassel. Stick around. Rassel. Hello, Mega Spoilers. This is Andreas calling from the far side of the world. This week to compliment you on your fine choice of Sag as a host was Coast Host. Sorry. Co host. Uh, it's been lovely to hear him. It's been a great addition to the show and uh, Munchkin Land. So uh, I have even picked up that I haven't project after his recommendation. And uh, I'll be sad to see him leave. So I hope you keep it on for some while yet. Thank you. So there you go, Zach. Somebody who says they actually like having you on the show. That's uh, that's uh, That makes me feel better since after yeah. every show, I just have to listen to Matthew just berate me on how yeah. how young and dumb how I am. And, I yeah, and how I no sell everyone's jokes, and he has to get up off the couch, and he doesn't right. like. Oh, heaven forbid, he doesn't, Matthew do he doesn't like doing exercise. that. <laughs> oh, no. Hey, we uh, want to. If you want to hear Matthew uh, berate uh, young Zach, of course we edit most of that stuff out. But uh, if you want to really hear <laughs> the show, it doesn't in happen. It's, in its uh, <laughs> 
entirety, <laughs> and then it's the way it was meant to be heard. You want to get yourself a pair of uh, tweaked audio headphones. There's four different styles. You've got the tweaked California, the tweaked classic, the tweaked parkour, and the tweaked natural, made out of wood. There are six different colors. Red, blue, green, black, silver, wood. Not really a color, but we're going to count out a color here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you can get an optional microphone. Rodrigo? <laughs> Hello, Steven. <laughs> every week we get to this part in the show. Yes. And every week I say, so, Rodrigo. Yes. Have you tried out those uh, pair of headphones with the microphone with your cell phone yet? I have tried the headphones to listen to things, but I have not tried the microphone yet. What do you think of those headphones? Um, I, I really like them, actually. They, they, my, my ears are shaped in a very strange way. They kind of like go one in and out. One goes that way and one goes that way. Yeah, <laughs> and then, no, it, that's the problem is that they both go this way and oh, that way. And they mm. just kind of like sit in a weird way, kind of like on my neck, but still attached to my head. Yeah. Um, it's very, it's it's a very complex arrangement. Do but those, but the, yes. Can you chime in or not? Um, I've, I've tried. Shoulder, like a continental soldier? I don't think Continental Soldiers ever did that. I think that's a fallacious <laughs> statement. Um, but uh, yeah, they're they're comfortable, which is nice. That's that's actually really nice because you know I, I do kind of hate earbuds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, these work really nice. They get but, in there yeah. and block out the sound. Yep. Designed for durability. And guess what, listeners? When you head over to tweakedaudio.com, tweakedaudio.com, when you check out, when you use the code Major at checkout, you get thirty percent off your order. That's quite a deal and, from our friends at tweakedaudio.com. And if you had tweaked audio, you'd understand what I say when I say <laughs> Yes, this week we're going to talk about the independent comic Rassel by Jeff Smith. Rassel. This is actually his follow-up to Bone, the uh, the mega monolithic uh, tome that we read a year ago. Maybe. Almost a year ago. I don't know. It seems like forever ago. Maybe we should read that again. Hey, I'd be willing to read it again. I've never really? read it. Oh, get to it, Zach. Uh, so a 15-issue series that spanned ooh, four years. 19 years. I know. Originally, it was supposed to come out bi-monthly, and then uh, there were a lot of delays here and there for a variety of different reasons. It didn't conclude until August of 2012. started in, I want to say, 2008. So four years it took to publish 15 issues. It went wow. to quarterly at one point. Sounds about so, right. Yeah. It was. It took a long time to do, but it was one that I look forward to every time we picked it up. And now the 15th issue has come out, and we're going to sit down and talk about the entire book. Mm. What do you guys know about Nikola Tesla? A lot more now. I know a lot he more was now. an inventor. Uh-huh. Yes. So uh, Nikola now Tesla. He had a remarkable resemblance to David Bowie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, immigrated from uh, Serbia, mm. uh, yeah. went to work, had four cents in his pocket, had a letter that yeah. uh, was a recommendation to work for uh, Thomas Edison at uh, Thomas Edison's uh, uh, sweatshop. Um, and, and the sign said, long-haired, freaky people need not apply. Right. So but he tucked his hair up under his hat. So uh, he started working for Edison, and of course Edison had the, the uh, light bulb and was electrifying parts of New York. Problem was, the direct current can only go like a mile. Mm-hmm. And um, Basically, Tesla came in and said, you know what? I can modify this design. I can make it work to where we can send electricity over great distances. And Edison said, if you can do that, I will give you $50,000, which was the equivalent of like a million dollars today. Right. And so Tesla went to work. A couple weeks later, came back and said, let me show you alternating current. Give me my $50,000. And Edison was basically, boy, you need to learn about American humor. 
Didn't give him a cent off of that invention. So Tesla says, fine, I quit. And uh, I think it was J.P. Morgan yeah. mm-hmm. uh, funded him, and they started GE, basically. Mm-hmm. And that's how we ended up with the rock band ACDC. Oh. And, and that's that, also why the electric chair was uh, referred to as Westinghousing someone for years. Yeah. That uh, that also explains why all of their songs have the same drum beat. Yes. Um, one of the interesting things that happened was that uh, Tesla would go on and do a lot of different things, um, always writing in his notebook, always coming up with uh, interesting inventions. Uh, one of them that he did out in Colorado Springs was uh, testing how can we send electricity over the air for free mm-hmm. without wires. And that was problematic for the electric companies, including his his uh, benefactor, J.P. Morgan, because mm-hmm. if you can't run it along the wires, how can you charge somebody for electricity? Right. He uh, and, cr- and that is the thing is that um, Tesla had designs to improve the, the world. Right. He wanted free energy, right. mm-hmm. long range communication all he, uh, for free. Basically. He, he developed this uh, thing in Widencliffe um, that he says was for long distance communication and long distance um Transmission of electricity. Some people say it was a death ray. Uh, mm-hmm. When he turned it on, it created an earthquake, uh, almost shook the building to its core. Um, that uh, building no longer exists. Weidenclef is a, just a, a tract of land now. Of course, uh, the guy that runs the oatmeal has raised over a million and a half dollars, I want to say, mm-hmm. to actually build a Tesla museum. There's never been a museum to Tesla built. Tesla um, eventually became a recluse. I don't know if he was peeing in mayonnaise jars or anything like that, but he was basically That's his only friend's. Geez. His only friends were uh, pigeons uh, that he took care of and fed in the park. And he lived at the, um, was it the Waldorf Story, I think is where he was at, uh, when he died. And they say that the day he died, the government rushed his uh, little apartment and seized all of his papers yeah. and inventions and plans. So we never know what uh, Tesla was going to create or build in those plans. But, I mean, if you've got things like what I have on my cell phone today... Uh, it's called a power mat. You set your cell mm-hmm. phone down on a little pad and it charges it without being plugged in. That's uh, Tesla technology. Um, some say he was building, you know, death rays and weapons and things that would communicate for other dimensions. Or, as we find out in Rassel, building things to allow you to jump into other dimensions. Whoa. I was going to say, I wondered when we'd actually get to the book we're reviewing. It, well, well, you know. The Part thing, if you if you look at the book, there are entire basically entire issues that, yes. that say, yeah. "Hey kids, Tell let's take a break that, yeah. to talk about Tesla." Yes, so it is relevant to what we're talking about, and we do get introduced to to Russell. Uh, he's leading life as an art thief, jumping from dimension to dimension, stealing art in another dimension and selling it mm-hmm. here, so he could go and jump in to another dimension and steal the Mona Lisa from somebody mm-hmm. and come back here and sell it as an original. Uh, comes to find out there's a lot of people who want Rassel. And we don't know why he wants Rassel. We don't know why he has Maya tattooed on his arm. Mm-hmm. But he is very sad. He he just has a soft spot in his heart for um, 3D rendering programs. <laughs> <laughs> uh, good one. He's um, a really big fan of Power Rangers in space. He just, he just feels Mesoamerican culture. Yes, that's what it is. <laughs> um, there is some of that. Well, not... Not a lot, but there's some. No, there's like hop. There's like Indian, like mm-hmm. right. uh, Native Hopi, American. Yeah. yeah. Um, but we find out that as we go to different dimensions, a lot of times things are the same. Sometimes there's one thing that's different. Mm-hmm. Like uh, in one dimension, uh, Bob Dylan uses his real name right uh, for all of his albums. Robert Zimmerman. In another dimension, um, his old love 
is still alive and right. going by the name of Uma and running a museum. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he's like, wow, this is kind of cool. Until Salamander Man shows up. Oh, no. And basically threatens him. It chases him from dimension to dimension, demanding the technology. There's something about uh, Sal that's really freaky looking. I mean, that character is like right on the uncanny valley for he me. Is. Like, I look at that and it like, seriously, it freaks me yeah. out so bad. Yeah, he does. Yeah, he's He is very disturbing to look at. And the grotesquery of Sal is the reason why I never read this book. No matter how much Steven said it was wonderful until he said, hey, let's do it for the podcast. And we all said, sure. <laughs> Sal is so off-putting. And so horrifyingly out of place in any given universe uh-huh. that I, I mean, I, I didn't want to read the book. Well, here's the thing. Whenever he when I read that first issue and he appeared at the end of the first issue, um, I was like, oh, so in another dimension, everyone kind of looks like a giant lizard man kind of thing. Right. Mm-hmm. It's only until the end when we find out he's actually from Rassel's dimension. And has been hired by yeah. his old research uh, company. Yeah, and they never explain why he looks the way he looks. No, they no, don't. Really. Uh-huh. They just let it I was, go. I was, I was really expecting that. But no, he's just a horrifying looking he's person, like, apparently. Yeah. yeah. And, it, and it is creepy on, on many factors. You're right, Matthew. Every time he showed up, man. I didn't like him. Um, I do like how Jeff Smith does draw um, some of the, the female characters. Uma Ooh, is, so. is, is nice to look at. Mm-hmm. Um. But this is basically, this becomes a multidimensional chase caper where you've got something that we want. If you don't give it back, we are going to destroy the thing that you want. And the problem is they, the government, the agency, whatever, mm-hmm. um, doesn't know what Rassel wants until they find out that this character Uma exists. And so she becomes this pawn in the government in the We'll say home world, Earth Prime world, whatever you mm-hmm. want to call it, main DCU Earth. Um, no. <laughs> uh, 616 Rasselverse. Yes, the 616 Rasselverse. Um, once they discover that, they kind of give them the ultimatum of either do this or not. What's, I think, fascinating about this is not the fact that we're playing this multidimensional chase, but all the backstory leading up to this moment. Why is Rassel so sad? Zach, why is Rassel so sad? He is sad because his relationship with his best friend went to pot after they started working together and they started uh, putting together their lifelong goal of doing Tesla science mm-hmm. and uh, expanding on some of Tesla's creations. And through that relationship, he became involved with his best friend's wife by the name of Maya. By the name of Maya. <gasps> hmm. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> and uh, Rassel eventually didn't agree with the way the projects were going, and they were building a giant array that he felt could uh, was going to be used by the government for horrible, destructive manners, and that's not what he wanted to be it used for. So that created much tension between the two. Well, even in the fact that that uh, Russell was like, don't turn it on. Whatever you do, do right. not turn this on. It's going to create problems. And they decided to turn it on. And he decided to jump into another dimension and only come to find out that the entire research facility blows up when uh, they turn yeah. it on. Right. Supposedly killing Maya, his best friend, all the, all well, of his get, work. The best friend gets injured severely. Oh, that's right. Right. right that's yeah. Right. 
but also maybe possibly destroying these Tesla notebooks that everybody's after. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the best friend survives, and they start rebuilding right. the uh, the stuff. He never came back, did he, after that? Besides in flashbacks, it was like he got hurt and he was just done, right? Oh, you know, you mean you never see him again? Yeah, you never see him again. Yeah, you never like, see him like, again. Yeah, that was always... I always thought, like, oh, well, he's going to come back eventually, and he's, like, leading some... Right. The, like, the rebuilding or the hunt for Rassel, but it just kind of, like, stopped. Well, that was and the, well the, the reason why it's important that he survived, but why he's no longer an important character, is that we find out later uh, about, basically, who's behind all this. Right, right, right. Um... And when we do, it becomes important that he survived because he wasn't that explosion happened on purpose mm. and he wasn't supposed to survive. So mm-hmm. that's kind of what sets them after uh, Rassel to begin with is now they don't have anybody who has access to this technology. Mm-hmm. So they need him and they need those notebooks. Matthew, are you familiar with HARP technology? Are you familiar with that HARP project? Have you, have you listened to the mm, conspiracy right theories and the, and the late night coast to coast AMs? Oh, no. So there's a heart project. It's a, it's a legitimate project. Uh, the government says it's for long-range um, radar, mm-hmm. long-range communication with subs under the ocean. Um, but some people say that these are um, projects, and there's a huge array in Alaska, uh, that are there to help either control the weather. That's one, that's one thought. Mm-hmm. Uh, another one is that it creates some kind of a shield that's impenetrable by bombs so that if, you know, Somebody decided to send a nuke our way. We'd fire this thing up and our cities could be protected Mm -hmm. uh, with these shields. Other people say it's based on Philadelphia experiment technology where it's cloaking kind of technology. And you're going to uh, make ships disappear so that they're not visible by radar. Uh, Some people say it's, you know, dimensional communication with other dimensions. Mm -hmm. Uh, Aliens. Aliens. Mm -hmm. um, And it's kind of what you kind of get the feeling of what they're doing with this Tesla array that they're building in uh, New Mexico. Uh, but when they turn it on, some bad stuff happens, Matthew. I see. Explosions and badness and things of that nature. Well, and not only that, but <laughs> if, have you guys seen the Philadelphia Experiment, the, the movie? I have. Yeah. And yes. that's, that's the thing. Is, I saw very similar. I saw it a long time ago. Yeah, yeah. And when I was when I was reading through that part, I was like, wait, I've seen this already. Right. Um, and yeah, I mean, that is, there's some dimension shifting stuff going on. Yep. People merge into each other. Yep. yep. Dogs explode. Mm -hmm. Uh, it's pretty, it's pretty terrifying. And so you get to the realization of why Rassel doesn't want this project to continue, but ultimately they say, you know, we're going to, to hex with it, to kill everybody. We're going to kill you. We're going to do, we're going to turn it on regardless. And we're going to kill it all. It essentially becomes a, a death beam. A death ray beam that they could send anywhere and and kill anyone in that city. Well, but that they can't really control. Is that's the, thing. the problem, right. right? They may have it projected one place and it hits somewhere else, right? And they're which, hoping that the which Tesla is, notebooks, which is, yeah, will, which is also one of the it. things that they talk about Tunguska. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know that whole incident where like the whole uh, forest got flattened out of nowhere and there's no debris. They're saying you know when Tesla was testing it, right? He had his lab somewhere else, activated yeah, that one it, cliff. and it, yeah. yeah. And it flattened everything around. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And um, that caused, like, that's when he said, oh, yeah, maybe this isn't such a good idea. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and why he eventually dis- you know, kind of yeah, abandoned just, the thing yeah, and just, just dismantled faded. it. Yeah, um, just faded. 
So in his multiple dimensions, he comes across Uma, uh, this girl that we mentioned, mm-hmm. and oh, he's kind of he oh. kind of falls in love with her, and they kind of start having a thing. Except that now she's possibly in danger too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I was a little troubled by the fact that she and Maya, I think, are intentionally drawn to be identical. But I didn't realize that until about six issues in. Yeah. So it felt like all the girls were being drawn exactly the same way. Oh, yeah. And then yeah. somebody finally went, oh, and by the way, you are her complete duplicate in this world, dot, dot, dot. And I'm like, oh, okay. Which is a kind of good swerve, but I, to me, it ultimately fell flat at the very, very end. Yeah, it, it all gets wrapped up really quickly in that sense, I, I felt. But, I mean, they do introduce the fact that there is another dimensional traveler that we don't see. Right. And I, you know... At the big showdown in the lab where it's like Sal and the security lady Mm -hmm. whose name I've forgotten and Razzle and they're all like pointing guns at each other and stuff. And it's like um, when they're like, well, did you know that my actually survived? I'm like, oh, that's who the other dimensional traveler is. I mean, I kind of I kind of gather. And I mean, that could have been like another swerve. Like, no, it wasn't her. It was actually the friend or whatever. Mm -hmm. But I mean, at that point. and, And that's the thing is. About halfway through the book, I was like, wait. And I mean, and they set this up. You can't figure it out. Halfway through the book, they say, those of us that dimension hop subsume our other versions. Right. Right. Therefore, as soon as Sal says, oh, no, she built her own rig and she Mm -hmm. got away with it, is like, well, the only explanation here is, well, there's two explanations. One, write it, you know, a a, a plot hole Mm -hmm. or... Maya, Uma, Uma, Maya. Right, they're all the you same. Know, they're, they're, right. She's exactly the yeah. same person. She's not even a duplicate. Right. She's actually literally the same person. Right. It seemed, yeah. like, I didn't even get it from that. It seemed like it was, like, all the other chains from the dimensions were so, were smaller, like so, Bob Dylan's yeah, name. but like subtle. His, like, her, she's, like, a completely different person. Like, well, this can't right, right, right. be right. Like, she has, it has to be a bigger change than yeah, just yeah. So you can, dimension. you know, it's all there. It's all right. there for you to to draw that conclusion so i mean that's nice it's nice when you have a mystery and all the pieces are there and you know especially when you suspect it and then it turns out to be true without beating you over the head with it right Mm -hmm. it's nice at the end where you're like aha i maybe consider this as one of my many hypotheses empty room that i am talking to because (laughs) i'm reading this on my own yeah um and so when he does end up targeting their array Mm -hmm. right where everybody's at with the Tesla books and destroying everything. You think that that's the end, but then he, we discover that he still has all the Tesla notes on Mm -hmm. his iPod. Mm -hmm. I don't know why they didn't Uh, make it an iPad, but anyway, because, because it started coming out before the iPad. (laughs) Depending on when he, when he, uh, scripted this out, it very much could have been, um, or maybe in that dimension, maybe it's the Tesla's notes on an audio book form. Yeah. Um, there are two other characters that we haven't really talked about in this story, which, I'm still not really sure what their purpose is. The first is King of the Streets, who is this really kind of bum character uh-huh. uh, who seems to understand exactly what Rassel is doing. And then you've got I'm little, the president, a president of the streets or whatever his name yeah, is. Yeah, the president. Yeah. Um, and then we meet God, who is right. this horrific, yeah. terrifying little girl that looks like terrifying. one of those little tree imps from Princess uh, Mononoke. Yeah, She looks like Smeagol. I kept waiting for her and head to go. If you see Smeagol, you kill it. You shoot him so, dead because that's not real. <laughs> so tell me what the deal is with the God and the president of the. Uh, is it really know. God? 
Is it really God? Anybody want to take I a guess on know. that? I don't know. I don't know. It was so weird. I thought it was going to be Maya, yeah, but like I, like the radiation from the yeah, blast, like, like yeah, warped changed her, her in yeah. some way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I was going for. Well, but what it comes down to to me is if you look at the symbolism, it's really the sacrifice of the character that they you know that we may or may not actually be God that allows him to be well allows Sal to be defeated by his own stupidity basically right. But the sequence where Sal keeps shooting alternate versions of her and we see the, you know, the trail of bodies as she walks towards him and refuses to stop. I don't know if she's meant to literally be God or if she's, you know, meant to represent some overarching thing or if it's just completely inexplicable. Because that's kind of the way it felt to me <laughs> when she first appeared. I'm like, horrified. Well, yeah, I thought and we were going to get some greater meaning thing mm-hmm. from her appearance. Right. Yeah. Right. The, it seems like the only people that see her are those that have dimension topped. Right? right. Sal Caesar, Russell Caesar, Maya Caesar. Mm-hmm. And then the president, the president of, of the streets. Who is crazy. But maybe he's jumped, too. We don't know. Yeah. I mean, maybe that's another story that we don't know. But as I've read through this, I love... He, he disappears. He yeah, just yeah, he just yeah, disappears. Yeah. I, I, you know, I love every part of this book because it dealt into Tesla, and I'm a big fan of Tesla, uh-huh. helped fund the Tesla Museum. Uh, I, I love the conspiracy parts of it that's drawn in there. I love the dimension hopping stuff. But these two characters, I'm like, what is the point of having these two characters in the book? Yeah, I wonder if they weren't just like total red herrings, and and that's that's all that. But there's were meant something to be. supernatural about sure, sure the god character, right? Yeah, and I don't know what I it don't is. Know. Well, either that or either that or she is somehow, and, and you know, I wasn't entirely sure if the president had ever jumped or if he just somehow his particular brain or mental illness or whatever it was allowed him to be aware of multiple dimensions Mm -hmm. whether they were saying something that you know his knowledge of multiple dimensions was actually the thing that made him a homeless kind of crazy drifter i was half expecting him to she was the same thing maybe i don't know i was half expecting the president to come out and be a version of tesla you know an Um, ancient crazy version of tesla mm -hmm. Um, or I mean, there were lots of things that I was considering for the girl, like maybe someone who was involved in the original Philadelphia mm-hmm. experiment or something mm-hmm. like that. Or, yeah, yeah I mean, Egon when Spangler, yeah, when when you start seeing definitely on Spangler, when you uh, start, yeah, when she appears to Maya, that my thought was also that she was, or when she appears to Uma, that she was Maya and she mm-hmm. had somehow gotten like trapped between dimensions or something. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, and it's funny because the book just ends really abruptly, um, yep. and he just rides that, off into the yeah, sunset. and that abrupt end kept me from thinking too hard about it. It's mm. like there's just like this final firefight or electro yeah, yeah, fight, yeah. and then that's it. The yeah. book's over, yep. and it's like, oh wait, whatever happened to the aliens? Right. Yeah. Whatever happened to his Transylvania twist? I. <laughs> Here's what I'm looking at. I really, 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 really like the first quarter of Bone. Mm-hmm. And then it went on and on and on and on. And I liked the last third of Bone. Mm-hmm. And this felt like an attempt to say, I am now going to do something that is completely different. And well, that's what he was trying woo, to do. And I'm just going to, I'm going to throw stream of consciousness into the thing. And we're going to do a bunch of stuff. And I'm going to talk about what I want to talk about, which is great and which is fine. But that part of the story 
that is never quite explained that, you know, not even a supernatural, just an inexplicable component makes this feel a little too much like an Outer Limits universe where the innocent get punished for me. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of off-putting for the story in that you know how it kind of has to end. And you have an expectation that, okay, well, he once he's done with this, he's done with everything, and he's probably going to, you know, right off into the sunset or something equivalent to that. You know, no, no longer jump between dimensions and find a whole new life, preferably with his long-lost love. Right. That, that part doesn't happen necessarily, but when you get into it, I think that the expectation of whether God is actually God is one of those things that it's supposed to be up to you as the reader, or it's supposed to be something that you can take apart and play with. And like a Werner Herzog movie, there are multiple ways of interpreting anything and everything that happens. And if you go in expecting it to be, you know, a rock'em sock'em two-fisted Jack Ryan story, you're going to get a little of that, but you're going to be disappointed. And if you expect it to be kind of Indiana Jones dealing with the real history of Nikola Tesla, you're going to get a little of that, but you're going to be disappointed. If you expect it to be horrifying and the art to be really, really off-putting and scary, well, then you're going to be 100% satisfied. There are some. There are some awesome. There's some awesome body horror stuff in this. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. He does not. That. He does not disappoint. I mean, I was like, how is he going to top somebody being chopped in half and then have bugs pick him back up and like saw themselves yeah, up? Yeah, oh. Yeah. oh, I know. By having the main character grow multiple fingers between before he electro explodes. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. how. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Just ah. Uh, I think I think I I think you're kind of right Matthew in that I enjoyed probably the first 3 quarters of this book. It was like the last 3 issues that just it kind of fell apart for me. Even though each individual issue was good and um you know complete when you look at the entire arc it's like the first half builds and builds and builds and builds and then it's just drops well, off. And and it's almost like the kind of it, like Sal off the cliff. It's it's like they it's like what ends up happening is they do have that build up and you're like, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? What's going to happen? And then what actually happens can't possibly compete right. with the expectations that they've built right. because they give you so many things, just so many things, all the Tesla history, all of the theories, mm-hmm. the mysticism, the multiple people in multiple dimensions, this weird lizard guy who doesn't look like he literally yeah. belongs in this book. Right. Yeah. It's like somebody else. It's like, uh, he kept hand like Smith just kept handing the book to someone else, and someone else drew a character in from like a different story. Yeah, I mean that's that's how alien he feels. But things don't get explained. Things kind of it's like boom, boom, boom at the end. You know, things just start uh, coming into place, and it's just not as satisfying as the lead up to it would have you would yeah. would would or as you would expect after yeah such a tense build up. Yeah, and I. Th- I don't know if it's because this book was coming out, you know, like every other month and then quarterly and then, you know, mm-hmm. there were delays. There was a time where I had to go back and find the three previous issues yeah. from, yeah. you know, over the last nine months because I was trying to figure out what's going on. And when I got to this 15th issue, I almost had to go back to the midpoint of this series and reread it again mm-hmm. just so I could figure out what are they going, it's going on. And I think part of the, there was some great buildup because, oh, here's this great story that Jeff Smith is telling and we get a new issue every so often or whenever he would decides to release it. And this is all really great. 
but I would forget a lot of what was going on oh, between yeah. installments. And so again, lots of buildup and you get to that end point. It just kind of fell flat for me. Yeah. It seemed like it needed like maybe like two more issues to like really flesh out the ending and really give a more satisfying ending. But uh, ending a series at 17 just kind of sounds weird. So yeah. maybe it's like, oh, it's 15 sounds more normal. Well, let's just try to cram it into there. Because yeah. it really, it could have fleshed out more Tesla thing. It, it really seemed really abrupt. It's it's entirely possible that he was sitting there and he's like, okay, well, what have I done so far? Introduced lizard monster, shown a guy with four heads and six arms. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. Tesla, 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 Philadelphia experiment. Guy with a cool mask traveling through time. Chick is actually oh this book this book is over it's done. done. <laughs> yeah. Like I have said everything I wanted to say. Yeah, it's like well what about Why the little girl whose god is like meh. <laughs> Why does he have the CBS This Morning Sun face as his? Not they, explained. They they never explain it. And I I've always like that's see in the same way that Salas is like really repulsive thing from the book where you look at it and it's like I don't actually want to read that book. That image of him like squatting with his turbines mm-hmm. yeah. and like the giant sun mask, that is like every time I saw that, I was like, oh my God, I really want to yeah, read yeah. this book. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. I know that it comes out once a year and I <laughs> would just piss me off. What did you guys think of the art? I liked it. It was, it was yummy. The girls look very nice. And, <laughs> uh, and uh, he looked bloody a lot. Yeah, it's. It's a little off-putting to me. It's fifty percent brilliant and and fifty percent what? There are moments that uh, the art works really, really well. The moment where um, I don't want to spoil or anything, but the moment where his girlfriend blows up, yeah, um, <laughs> excellent moment, beautifully rendered, incredible awesomeness. But it's a little bit undermined by the fact that there's these just these strange, horrific moments that aren't explained that are so out of context that they throw me out of the whole book. And nobody, but nobody gets through without having at least one panel where they're just a horrifying, disgusting potato beast, which, again, maybe all in my head. It may be my thing, my body horror issues coming out, but the the horrifying, disgusting potato head panels undermine any of the sexy sexy that uma maya oprah uh david letterman gets into because i know that in a page or two she's going to turn around and she's going to look like dame edna on a bender and the problem with sal is sal is the exact definition of rodrigo's theories of cognitive dissonance this is not just a big red dog who happens to have eyeballs when the other dogs don't This is a horrifying, monstrous creature in a story that is predicated on the reality of our Mm -hmm. actual real world and Nikola Tesla and real world figures like, you know, Sam Clemens and Edison build into this story. And also there's a lizard man. And that lizard man is so it's 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 like a piece of meat stuck in your back tooth. It doesn't hurt necessarily, but you can't stop futzing with it with your tongue. And, you know, for three and a half years, I had a a crown in my mouth that was too high. 
And for three and a half years, I did not stop running my tongue across the top of the crown in my mouth because it felt wrong for three and a half years. And I finally went back in and had them file that thing down with a rotary blade. And ever since then, I've been a much happier person. And I did not realize how anxious that crown made me feel. And that is exactly what happens with Sal throughout this book. That's funny. I'm heavy, in the story. Heavy I'm in is the, the story, mouth, but where's the, the crown? <laughs> exactly. I'm in the story. I'm in the story. Cell shows up, and I'm like, "Gah, what the hell was Jeff Smith thinking?" And for four pages, I'm sitting there going, "Why is he a lizard man? Why does his mouth open sideways? He looks like someone grabbed his face and elongated it. You know, like those issues of X Men back in the day when Paul Smith would have masks grab people and and mutate their face. You know what it really is. Some you know guy what? out there just went ooh." You know what the the real off putting thing is about Sal, is the fact exactly. that his his eyes are rotated. Yeah, yeah like yeah. his eyes. Well, yes. but see, that's like again, it, they're, they're normal eye shapes, but they are flipped yeah, so yeah. that the the corners are yeah. up and down. And and part of me wonders too if he's not a tragic result of some of these experiments. Oh, sure, right, yeah. where his face did get messed up and became elongated and twisted and well, and, and, he and does weird. Leap he does all of his quantum leaping with that elongated mask, which makes me wonder if maybe somehow which, quantum leaping has has changed his face. Which was reversed engine, but and and that's and that's the other thing is that um, I you know I like I, I, that's that's the thing about Sal is you keep wanting for there to be an explanation. Right. You keep coming right. up with potential explanations. But the weird thing with him is he doesn't there. believe in any of this stuff. Yeah, no, that's no, no, I, yeah. that was a great character trait. I, I, I thought I did, yeah. but it was. Yeah. It's like here he's presented with this dimension hopping, and he's like, "No, it doesn't I exist." No, there's there's it, one universe. These are horrible, horrible. After but it gives effects. him an ex- it gives him an excuse for the experiments they're about ready to do for pulling all the energy from different universes and literally and destroying it, it, them. It allows them to kill indiscriminately, right. which is important in a bad yep. guy, yeah. right? Right. Yeah, because I thought he was a good bad guy. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. oh yeah. But I thought there were some things that were just kind of flawed in his way of thinking. Had uh, he been drawn as Jack Nicholson? I think I would have really, really enjoyed this. Yeah. Or if he looked like, you know, Anthony Hopkins, or if he looked like, oh, what they euphemistically refer to as a human being, <laughs> I think that maybe it would have been more successful for me. But I, part of that thing is just you have those moments when you're reading something and you're like, this I can gloss over. I can gloss over, you know, Captain America having 54 different middle initials in the past 65 years. I can throw that over the side. Or, you know, bits and pieces where we've relaunched Superman, it's a whole new Superman. I can deal with that. But having a character that grotesque without even having the explanation of, oh, well, you know, it's a it's a Japanese giant monster series. He, he His head looks like that and we're fine. I kind of went with the whole Lothar really? thing. From, Lothar. Uh, from uh, Def- from defenders of the earth. People. No, from. Uh, uh, oh wait, no. Rocket Rocketeer. Oh, from the Rocketeer. Yeah. Now that guy just looked like Rondo Hatton. <laughs> Seriously. But I guess my problem with the art was that a lot of times, um, Rassel's face was very inconsistent. Rassel. Yeah. And I just <laughs> I really had a problem with that. It just kind of bothered me because here's the central character that we're seeing from panel well, no, to panel to panel to panel in every that issue. Horrifying, that horrifying little nose. Yeah, it's exactly the same. Always. But it's not a, it's not exactly the same. That or his face gets bigger and smaller. Yeah. His depending head on. gets bigger and smaller. Yeah, and that's and yeah, that's, that's where I had some some problems. That's with probably that. what happened to Sal. 
Well, but uh, and, and he went to a universe where and, his head actually got so big that it and, partially deflated. And that's what I was getting at is, you know, when he starts like bleeding f- f- all over the place from mm-hmm. traveling, I was like, oh, so this lizard guy, he's what happens when you travel around. Th- nope. <laughs> nope. That's not it either. There are points when because Russell's been doing it longer. There are points in the story where the art is just phenomenal for me. I'm just yeah. like looking at every page, going, "Oh my gosh, this is brilliant!" And then right towards the end, there's a lot of empty. Yeah, there's a lot of empty on on the on the panel. I think I think there's to me it really seems that rather than the tender and and loving rending that rendering that we still because there's plenty of rending in this one right but the the rendering that we saw in in bone where like every panel is just glorious Mm -hmm. a lot of the time um for this one it was like every time we got to an important part of the story he went spit in both his hands and said okay i'm gonna draw the shit out of this one (laughs) yeah yeah and (laughs) and he does and he does and it looks fantastic but then it's like oh wait we are done with that amazing panel where she is sitting on top of him and they are having sex. Now we're going to have a bedroom scene where they kind of do stuff and like just random, have a conversation and the background's going to disappear. Russell's head's going to be too big and she's going to be looking at him sexy like, but one of her eyes is not going to be quite pointing the right, <laughs> right direction. Right. And go Matthew bottom line for you on this. Well, for me, it's a skip because it is the, the story, as much as I love the bits with Tesla, and the bits with Tesla are pretty awesome, they drop the story to an absolute crawl about three times throughout it. And when I go through and I read this and I go, okay, who am I actually rooting for? There's a crazy guy here who's obviously crazy. They don't necessarily – I don't know his motivation. And as it is revealed, I'm like, wait, that just makes things more complicated. And I couldn't get past the fact that the art was doing the weird things with the big rubbery heads and the face and the glavin. And I, I, you know, I can usually forgive a lot of weird stuff. I don't have a problem with being inventive or stream of consciousness or going, I'm going to talk about string theory. That's not necessarily what shuts it down for me. It's the lack of cohesion overall and the fact that certain parts of it seem like there's an awful lot of thought process and a lot of work. And a lot of really wonderful sort of, hey, wouldn't it be great if we did this? And then parts of it are just like, uh, let's just have him shoot the girl in the head 15 times. Rodrigo? I actually really enjoyed it. I think that um, the, 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 the thing with the, – there are a lot of moments in this book – where I had to stop and, and think to myself, is this acceptable? Like, this seems like it's like it shouldn't be happening, like, because it's kind of like a weird, low quality way of doing things. Mm-hmm. But overall, but but I never that that question never got answered for me because right. the, the, the book was actually entertaining and interesting enough mm-hmm. that I was just like, meh, keep going. Mm-hmm. Meh. All right. Well, that was weird. All right. Keep going. I want to find out what happens. So it, you know, it was a real page turner for me. I, I actually would recommend it. I think that if you enjoy all of those wacky uh, conspiracy things, especially surrounding, um, you know, like the Manhattan Project and mm-hmm. the Philadelphia Experiment and all of those like weird government uh, lockdown type things, then you will probably enjoy Rassel. And I, I actually would recommend it. I think that you can. Um, if you can just shut your eyes real hard, you can get past Sal, yeah, yeah. but then there's a creepy girl waiting for you. Yeah, yeah. 
Zach, what about you? Uh, I think a lot like Rodrigo. Uh, I got really sucked into the story like really early on. I didn't think mm-hmm. when I figured out that we actually had to read the entire thing at like the first volume. I was like, oh, I have to read so much. But then I started to get into it, and like issue three, like I just read from there to like eight. And mm-hmm. then I had to stop for school and stupid oh, yeah, stuff. No, and then I, life. yeah, yeah, yeah. And I just, it's like, and then I got, <laughs> feel weird. What's happening? Oh, I haven't eaten in a day. Yeah. <laughs> and then, so I got back and I just cranked through all of it and I just got really deep in like thought into it. I didn't know a whole lot about Tesla going into it, you know, bits and pieces uh-huh. from Robo. So it's I was okay, like, nobody knows about Tesla. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I was like, I'd be reading like, oh, Wikipedia. And I was like, oh, what the crap is this thing about? Yeah, yeah. And then you just start going like multiple Wikipedia pages and find out all cool stuff. And, and then you get potholed for like six hours and yeah. you're like, oh, crap, I need to write this. <laughs> uh, but no, I really enjoyed it. It was really fun to see some really weird stuff happen and people morph and fingers and mm-hmm. bodies. And, and I liked it and I didn't really... Uh, uh, worry about Sal being really weird is like he scares me and I when I was walking home last night I thought a man was gonna come out I know right I mean mean, it scared me that's the thing that like seriously I have not been freaked out by a character the way that I was about Sal literally last night when I went to sleep I was afraid that he was around somewhere. Yeah. Like that's how Sally's freaky he looks. He really, I like. I was like, uh, that's my reaction the first time I saw it mm. four years ago. But uh-huh. no, I, I read the issue or never. So I, I guess I get desensitized, especially at the end when yeah, yeah. you know he gets bashed in the face and half of his face is you know off. He looks yeah. more human then than he did at any yeah. time throughout the story. But Zach, what's your final uh, word on that? I I would like to buy a nice like hardcover of this. Guess and, what? Like, There's a nice hardcover of this coming. I know. And then I also thought it'd be cool if you go back in and do the whole Scott Pilgrim and color it thing. I'm like, this would be kind of interesting to see in color. I think that'd be cool. Well, he did it with Bone. They did the colorized did version of Bone. Mm-hmm. So I don't think I've seen him say anything about colorizing this, but I do know that they're making be a big, you know, absolute edition right. sized collection of this. That has supposedly a lot more pages is what hmm. uh, he had emailed me once, that there's going to be more pages involved that maybe explain some more of this stuff. Not actual uh, comic pages, but right. like, like extra, extra, extra back stuff. matter stuff. Like you flip and it'll be like, oh, here's how I decided to settle on this uh, mm-hmm. in right, right. mythology. And then you'll mm-hmm. flip to the next one. And it's like, here are the early designs on Sal. And you'll be like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think... Pick it up and read it and enjoy yeah. it. I, I really, even though I was disappointed in how the book ended, I really, really like this series. I'm glad I spent, you know, all that time making sure that I checked every previews so that I could get the get the issues when they came out. Because um, this is definitely something that you're not finding at our local store. Uh, I, I enjoyed the story. I thought there were some flaws with the art. But overall, I say pick this up and I will be buying a big hardbound uh, absolute edition size version of this when it comes out. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for uh, listening once again. Hopefully that you found this uh, interesting. Next week, we're going to be talking about something important and something exciting and something wow and something. Whoa. Yes. Why? Because we we know that you love comics and we do, too. And we will talk with you soon. If you have any questions, comments, topic ideas for future shows or would like to sponsor a show, send an email to podcast at Majorspoilers.com. Visit Major Spoilers at Majorspoilers.com and be sure to check out the Major Spoilers forum. You can also follow Major Spoilers on Twitter at twitter.com slash Majorspoilers.
Major spoilers. It's copyright 2012.